previously on Clash of the Titans. I couldn't find a good place to end part one, so I just ended it in the middle of nowhere, and then I didn't explain that there was going to be a part two, and probably confused somebody, and anyway, here's the rest of Slouching Towards Bedlam with Dan Revapinto. This Sorry. isn't the thing we wanted this at all. This is not the thing with the key. No. no. I guess wanna... that would be too easy. <laughs> Do we want to go back and try the other Yes. Direction? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's go west this time, I guess. Okay. So we're back in the lobby, and we're going to go west. Walkway. The slight, oh, the slight wind whistles tunelessly against this mesh of steel, which arcs from one massive open gate to another. A roof curves far overhead, enclosing both the block-like building to the east and the narrow tower to the west. Far below, an intricate set of sub-buildings can be seen enclosed within the complex's outer wall. Triage silently approaches. So I think we can keep going west if we like. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. West, circular chamber. The hum of machinery is ever-present here, rumbling down into the subsonics. Pale white walls encircle a series of engraved circles on the floor, and at the center, like the pupil of some great eye, sits a round console which reaches all the way up to the ceiling. The room's this single- is the thingy. <laughs> the room's single exit lies to the east. <laughs> Triage trundles patiently along beside. Um, yes. D- d- examine the console. The console exactly. It is complex, divided into several discrete sections. Set on a panel is a diagram, a blueprint, a small slot for the dispensing of paper tape lies beside it. Set above the diagram is a prism viewer, complete with two handles. A set of brass listening tubes terminate on either side of the viewer. So there's lots of little bits. There's a panel, a slot. Um, a viewer and listening tubes. Slot. Um, uh-huh. Put the, the whoops! <laughs> I dropped my Jack Skellington. Oh no! I have a Jack Skellington that I found recently. And dropped. Um, it fell off of the desk. Oh. Into Christmas Town. <gasps> that sounds like so. A that's plot. how it happened. Let's put the rod in the slot. Okay. Put rod in slot. That's not right, is it? There is no there is no <laughs> useful amount Whoa, this is really strange. There is no huh. useful amount tape currently extending from the slot. That's horrible. Huh. <laughs> um Hopefully you got that in the tenth anniversary edition. I have no idea. I will have to go back and look. <laughs> um can we put put the Put the rod in the console. Uh, put rod in the console. And it will just guess which... I think, I think it did, I think it did <laughs> guess. Because um, I think if you look at the panel on the console, there's a keyhole. Uh, but it assumed we knew what we were doing because... Oh, good! The response is, the brass rod slips easily into the keyhole. Then of its own accord, it begins to turn, first clockwise, then counterclockwise. The room rumbles for a moment. There is an odd sense of movement. The light beneath administration and its connecting corridor goes out. 
A corridor at 12 o'clock lights up as the key stops moving, as does its northeast room. The button labeled A clicks down and begins to glow. The room seems to have subtly ch- pain. Pain, pain, pain. A cacophony fills the room, a hideous screeching echo. Chaos random hurts. It continues emanating from the listening tubes, a metallic repetitive thrum, the sound of an insect grown to the sound size of a lion. Random, nonsense, random, nonsense, random, 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 no sense, no sense, no sense. Echo on top of echo on top of echo, resounding through the tubes, the room, the halls. A numbness spreads from arm to hand to finger. No stop. A solid thunk makes itself barely heard above the noise, and then silence. Stop. The button B is now depressed and glowing, the one beside it now dark, as the eastern as is the eastern room of the lighted corridor. Heavy stuff. Yep. It's... Yeah, it's at this point that I realize how awkward it is. So the whole game is written without the word you. Oh, uh-huh. what? Yep. Yep. Uh, it it uh, if if the word you does appear in it, it was by accident. Like rats on Futurama. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, like that's why you end up with weird phrasing like "easily taken" with a little key oh, under the. Yeah. Uh, because it was like, how do we communicate that you took the key without saying you? Okay. Um, that, type in yeah. examine you. Examine you. No such thing can be seen. Um, wow. If you do examine me, that's where you get, that's rather difficult without a mirror. Yeah. Uh, and there is a mirror in the game. Oh. Oh, okay. And you look at it and there's just a white haze. Um, we can get to that. Hopefully we'll get to it. Um, okay. And then we can see what the description is. Um, so also probably to... it just describes a doctor. Without so there's a creepy you. doctor looking back at you. <laughs> Except it would be looking back. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> um. Okay. Now, okay. I remember this now. Okay. Because I think... When I first heard that this game doesn't contain the word you years ago, I, I'm pretty sure this is a real memory, I thought, oh, that's um, because of the tension between uh, you as the player and you as the character, and this is a way to sidestep that issue. Mm. Is that the way reason you did that? Um... It's actually because of what the player character is in the game. Um, yeah, that, I, I phrased it as a yes or no question to avoid spoilers. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I won't go into details to avoid spoilers. But basically, it's, it's to give you a sense of disconnection. That okay. you are in an office, and you can assume it's yours. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And there are things around and, you know, connected to this person, Thomas Xavier. And you can assume that's who you are. Sure, it's like that other game that did that. Is there? They, uh-huh. Yeah, but we can't say which one. But we can't say which one, because that's Oh, I'll, I'll edit it out. Okay. Okay. Oh! Oh, goodness. Is that pre or post-slouching? It's ah. got to be pre, wasn't it, the first it's really game? really <laughs> Let's check. Uh, it can't have been the first game, because it's the trope. Established trope. Uh, right. Because I did play it, and I completely fell for it. Uh, I did, too! Yeah, it was released in... Ryan, remember to 
blank out both of those utterances. Yeah. I wow, we completely ripped that off and I had no memory of it. <laughs> it's like uh George Harrison um doing My Sweet Lord, which was uh he's so fine. Slowed down. Ah. Or like um how paparazzi is just two measures off of poker face. Oh. But can you rip yourself off? I, you if you're Lady Gaga. I have. <laughs> um, actually, on the subject, um, after I made Dial C for Cupcakes, because I'm in the middle of editing that episode right mm. now, mm-hmm. um, I realized... Wait, what do you mean you're in the middle of editing it? Because finished, in my reality, you posted it. I posted the first part. Oh, carry on. Um, the uh, the structure is weirdly the same as Taco Fiction. Oh. Where you start out in a car, mm-hmm. which is a superficial detail. In the exact then, same neighborhood. Yeah. And you have to um, infiltrate this zone where everyone's wearing costumes. Oh, uh-huh. you... Uh, don't really belong there and you try to steal something, but then the boss finds out that you're not supposed to be there and he chases you out. And yeah. um, there are yeah. probably a few other parallels. And there are the... magnificent food spreads. Yeah. Yeah. That's and there's very, like a weird familiar. like economic underlying theme of a class warfare or something. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this game mm-hmm. is exactly like Afflicted, the vampire one. I don't know if I'd say exactly. Well, when we get to the mirror, we'll find out. Okay. So. So. Okay. So so you're in this room and stuff happened. Yeah, we're in this room and stuff happened. I'm kind of confused about what happened. It seemed like we put the key in the machine. It turned some hallways like rotated, and. Entrances it opened and up to A. Right. Yeah. And then the devil was in there. And then, and then this... I think what we do is what we heard the screaming of the inmates. Uh, you can't answer that. I know. <laughs> I mean, the, but... the literal text was a cacophony fills the room, a hideous screeching echo. Okay. Uh, it continues emanating from the listening tubes, a metallic thr- okay. uh, repetitive thrum, the sound of an insect grown to the size of a lion. Okay. And that made all kinds of awful things happen. And then B yeah. lit up instead of A. Because down B is the nice, the pillow zone. Right. Okay. The chill out room? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the make out room. Mm-hmm. The it's, triage. It's, make out room. it's a little known fact that the original Bedlam had a make out room. Really? Historically speaking. I didn't know that. <laughs> Did you just use the the blueprints <laughs> to write this game to decide where everything should be? No, this is no connection to reality. I mean, in so far as there was an actual Panopticon plan, it just never mm. yeah yeah it just never got implemented. Okay, so this is kind of alternate history. Yeah, well, well I mean that and like the triages and stuff. Right, sure. <laughs> and the inverted pyramids. Uh huh. Again, okay. don't judge them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need their um, own noun. So can we enter the hallway? 
so do you want to look to see if anything's... Because it said the room had subtly changed. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, let's look. Yeah, let's look. So uh, there's a description. Um, there's a console. The room's single exit lies to the north. Triage rests immediately nearby. Okay. So, yeah. Um, should we check it out, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I'm afraid, but yeah. Yeah. Walkway. Uh, the slight wind whistles tunelessly against the mesh of steel, which arcs from one massive open gate to another. Uh, it goes from the block-like building to the south. Uh, sorry, both the block-like building to the north and the narrow tower to the south. And triage is following you. Okay. So, okay. north again? Yeah, yeah. Corridor 6. Were it not for the complex's enclosing walls and ceiling, this hall would certainly be left at the mercy of the elements. No surface stands unbroken or unpitted. The eastern wall is set with a series of labeled doorways. To the northeast lies A. To the east is B. To the southeast is C. The western wall is much the same. Southwest is D. West is E. Northwest is F. The door to the south is simply labeled Panopticon. Triage obediently appears. So we clearly want to go into A. Okay. So that would be northeast. Yeah. Room 6A. Uh, a room that has been stripped almost completely bare. Its only pretense at furniture is a small, hard chair thrown off to one side. Its single exit lies at the southwest. Triage bundles patiently along the side. A faint, shrill sound can be heard from a poorly concealed pipe in one corner. Okay, okay. let's listen to that. Listen to pipe. Um, there is a faint, buzzing whine in the air seeming to come from the southern wall. The heck? Do you do you want me to explain what's happening? Um, you better, because sure, we're, uh, we're dumb. This this misled a lot of people. Jenny, I just said you're dumb. Hey, that's not very nice. Yeah, but I feel inadequate right now. <laughs> it, okay. I don't think it's an inadequacy of the players. I think it's an inadequacy of the authors. Um, the implication was that there's a insect in the in the tubes. Okay. Uh, okay. And it came screeching out of the tubes in the Panopticon room, and oh. you had some sort of reaction to it. Okay. Okay. Um, it's I not... thought it was not really an insect. Yeah. Um, I okay. think I think there were people who were like, "Why can't I?" Like even people who had finished all the endings were kind of <laughs> obsessed with the bug in Room Six A. Um, but it's it's that's really all there is. There's not much more to it. Okay. Mystery solved. Solved. All right. Definitively. Voice of God. No. Okay. Voice of God? Is that what it's called? When the yeah. Called Word of God. Word of God. Word of God. Word of God. You just jost it. I did. It's been jost. Uh-huh. Oh, man. This better not be a Joss Whedon game. Oh, goodness. Oh, very much no. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm still mad at him for killing a bunch of people. Uh, oh, okay. I'm like yeah. the only non-Joss Whedon fan amongst a bunch of Joss Whedon fans I know. So, mm, so well, that must be hard for you. No, not really. Um, I like some of the stuff he's done, but mm-hmm. the vast majority um, I do not like. Mm. And so I just don't talk about it when people talk about it. Is uh-huh. it because your friends forced you to watch his stuff? No. So you got into it under duress? No, because um, the first thing of his I saw was Buffy, and I liked the first couple seasons of it. Um, I have really serious issues with... 
I could talk at length about it. Honestly. <laughs> um, to sum well, up, this isn't a podcast where we stick to the task at hand. Right? So no. feel free to sum up. Um, uh, I, I don't like his idea of empowering women as literally giving them powers. Oh, um, mm, mm. because a woman with powers who still has no autonomy is not actually empowered. Um, and he, I think he confuses the two. Um, mm. and there's also like an element of sort of adolescence about everything he writes. Uh-huh. Um, it almost feels like there's a 13 year old kid writing all of the scripts. Um, mm-hmm. it's a really smart 13 year old kid, but, um, uh, it it there's elements of it I really like, and then he'll just do something that makes me really annoyed. <laughs> okay. River River Tam really bothers me as kind of a manic pixie dream girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, even on that show, like the what was her name? She was the uh, uh, the other. There's the the captain, the woman who's up front. And then the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, the engineer, and then the companion. The companion, yeah, yeah. Inara. Yeah, the companion was very problematic. Uh-huh. Um, uh, that show really felt like even uh, all my problems with Mal were like, oh, look how edgy and and not a good guy he is. But then you uh-huh. always know he's going to do the right thing. So then he is just a good guy who talks about not being a good guy a lot. Yeah, <laughs> who says some very negative and not okay stuff about the companion, who is his love interest. Yeah, um, hence the problematic elements of the companion. Yep. And, and also, like, I, I really don't like how he handles homosexuality on his shows. Um, oh. It's either, ooh, let's watch the lesbians make out, or mm-hmm. there's gay guys and they're always something comedic. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think. Of, I I didn't watch far enough in Buffy for the homosexuality to happen. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people who had um, problems with um, Willow. Be- I don't know, becoming realizing she's bisexual or gay or whatever. I didn't uh-huh. have a problem with it. My issue was like the only characters that were male and gay on it were jokes, basically. Mm. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, my almost the entirety of my experience with Whedon stuff is people telling me that I have to watch it, and you know, like strapping me down more or oh, less. Yeah, no, people get evangelical. Oh, that's that's awful. And then you know, I don't even have an opinion of the content itself because I just have a negative experience of watching it. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. No, yeah, I no, I I don't have friends like that. Um, they're fans, but I mean, my husband's an enormous fan of Buffy, uh, at least mm-hmm. the earlier seasons. Um, I'm actually of the opinion that it kind of went off the rails by season three, um, mm. and because I don't want to talk about specifics because it's uber spoilerific. But sure, uh, uh, yeah, like when she I, turned into a dog, exactly. That, that, that just destroyed everything. <laughs> Um, was that a real thing that happened? I think yeah, she had that. to do a hundred good deeds <laughs> before she would be turned back into a person. <laughs> I, Slayer. I would watch that show. I would totally watch. Oh, that, that show. was a real show. Sorry, I was referring to the show 
100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd, which Seriously? was on Nickelodeon, I think. Oh my god. Wow. Into a dog. See, oh. I thought I saw all the Nickelodeon kid shows, and I don't remember that one. Yeah, me well, either. It was probably past your kid time, because I'm pretty sure it came out when I was like 15 or something. Okay. Okay. So Dan and I were like 50. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't hear it through your old-timey listening horn. <laughs> well, that? I saw some of the later ones, like The Adventures of Pete and Pete and... Oh, Pete and Pete was awesome. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> not one of the later it's ones. It's not one of the later ones, exactly. Um, <laughs> it is for me. I mean, like, the early ones for me are like, you can't do that on television. You can't do that on television. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, hey, hey, dude. Hey, dude. The, the one with the green yeah. slime. Oh, oh yeah. Um, uh... Ah, actually, that's hilarious. What? There's decades of Nickelodeon content that you can't even conceive of. I well, so <laughs> does does, Rug, does Rugrats fall under that, or like Rugrats? Uh, I think is pretty early. And actually, uh, no, I can I can counteract that because okay. I, my old ears and eyes were able to witness the wonder that is Invader Zim. Thank you very much. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, Double Dare? Double Dare. That was it. What would you do? What would you do? Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, so good. Salute your shorts. Salute your shorts. Um, Gak. Cities of Gold. I don't know what that is. Oh, goodness. Wasn't that Nickelodeon? I don't think they did it originally. It was like okay. a French animation... Uh, oh yeah, three kids in conquistador era America, looking what? for the cities of gold. I don't know if I saw that one. What? Uh, let me see. I can remember the theme song. I can hear it in my head right now. <laughs> the mysterious cities of gold. They had a flying golden condor thing. Ooh, that sounds rad. Huh. I think it recently had a reboot or reimagining or something. Yeah, under the title Dora the Explorer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Dora the Explorer was actually amongst conquistadors, though. Uh... No, the conquistador character was replaced by Swiper. Conquistador, (laughs) no conquistadoring! I have a confession to make. That's the only thing I know about the Dora the Explorer program. Oh, okay. I yeah. know that's about it. There's also a map. Right. Oh, yeah. Mappy? And no, lot. his name is Map. Oh. <laughs> and a lot of talking to the audience and asking them for yeah. help. Mm-hmm. And then waiting patiently for them to respond. It's kind of like our show, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> what, we're recording a podcast right now? Yeah, we are. <laughs> I thought we were just reminiscing about Nickelodeon. Yeah, right. we're just talking we, about Nickelodeon and how <laughs> Joe Sweden has problems. He kind of does. He kind of does. But who doesn't? No, but my, my, my issue is that he's sort of like taken on the mantle of I am feminist man. Mm-hmm. And it really? Yeah. Oh, not yeah. Not so good, dude. Yeah. That's, that's why I get annoyed, honestly, is because yeah. of the cape he wears that says feminist man. Um, 
So we were in um, room 6A. Yes. 6A. There was a chair there. there I don't know if we should examine it. Point we, at it. We can, ex oh, we can point at the chair. I don't know if yeah. we implemented anything for the chair. Um, oh, we can see the generic answer, which is category unknown, unlisted, utility not applicable, particular uh, none. Item is not recognized by current system store, require additional information. Okay, so that's triage for you see nothing special about the chair? Exactly. Alrighty. of sentences for you see nothing special. Yeah, it kind of is. So for like time check stuff, I know we want to do one of your games, Ryan, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what we assumed at the outset. Okay. <laughs> so do we want to be guided a little bit and maybe see some neat stuff and find a mirror and then... Yeah, that sounds no, great. Let's take the tour, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... On the way out, so we can go southwest back to the corridor six. Um, if I remember correctly, if we go southwest from here, it's room D. Yeah, room D is kind of neat and creepy. Okay, um, let's do it. Uh, an old room that, while crumbling around the edges, is fairly sturdy and secure. Its dusty floor holds nothing more than a cot and a crumbling chair. A set of gaslight fixtures hangs off the wall, blocked and in disrepair, and a door lies to the northeast. The walls are covered with writing. Triage obediently appears. Uh, can we point at the writing? Do you want to examine I'm afraid it first? to look at it. Do you want to look at it first or point at it? <laughs> oh, well, you're the one giving the tour, so yes, I want to look at it, okay. of course. So this is another one of those weird stuff laid out oddly thing, but uh, okay. In the wall's current state, it must not have been too difficult to scratch a message into, but the preciseness of the writing is still impressive. Various phrases are carved in a generally circular pattern about an intricate set of lines and circles at the center, within which is inscribed, and then there's a bunch of random letters, Z, X, W, H, T, G, B, W, H, T, etc. Uh, the outer writing reads variously, Logos and Soph, Notacarian, Gematria Temera, uh, and a little CHLD, and then numbers 2693, uh, MCHN 1262 shall lead them, uh, and various other letters and numbers spread around. So something very, very weird. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can we point at it? Yep. And you guys have found the exact purpose of triage. Ooh! <laughs> uh, did I? Ah, here we go. Point at writing, and then a lot of text comes by. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Triage's emerald searches the writing, then category, writing, utility, communication, particulars, multiple phrases, positioning, possibly important, six separate portions, further analysis required. It has no further, it has no sooner finished showing this than, with a series of clanks, the letters begin to spin wildly randomly. The screen fills with a series of scrolling data, clearing the old as quickly as the new appears. Logos and sof, n equals ein equals nothing. Without form, source Hebrew Kabbalah, boundless limitless creator, generative deity, second god equals demiurge, Gnostic. Association found Trinity, Notacarian, Gematria, Temera, all Kabbalistic references, markings at center, possible code or cipher. And a little CHLD, 2693, Gematria numerology, unknown system with no vowels, B equals 1, C equals 2, and a little child, machine, shall, machine, 
Kabbalah, uh, Kabbalah reference, searching, cipherist, enlightenment as information, data markings, M-L-K-T-H, K-T-H-R, Malkuth, Kether, Sephirah, Roth, uh, cipher, no vowels, 20 symbols, simple rotation or fold, B equals N equals B, C equals P equals C, um, Malkuth, finally, seeming almost pleased with itself, the machine quiets down, displaying Center lettering code, cipher, no vowels. Malkuth is in Kether as Kether is in Malkuth. Man is in God as God is in man. All this right. is a pretty cool game. Yeah. <laughs> now, the really disturbing thing is when I first designed this, I thought people would figure out the cipher on their own. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's then... giving people a lot of credit. <laughs> And then Star told me I was crazy. <laughs> um, and in hindsight, she was completely right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so luckily we had already had triage in the game. So the solution oh, is to use triage. Um, but you could theoretically <laughs> figure it out on your own. <laughs> theoretically. That's really cool. Um, that reminds me of... Um, Savoir Fair, mm-hmm. where there's a transposition cipher right. that you could figure out, but instead you use magic. Mm-hmm. Kind of the triage of the Savoir Fair milieu. Yep. Yep. Triage de la milieu Savoir Fair. Sure. <laughs> Is it la or le? I know it's how French. So. Triage du milieu Savoir Fair. Uh. I have to edit this out because I'm going to look stupid. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You take out the parts where you look stupid, but not the parts yeah. where we do? No, that's because he edits it. So that's his payment yeah. for putting all the work in. Is He gets to look so much smarter than everyone else. Wait, wait. So the part if- where you don't bother to mention the wild thornberries. <laughs> oh, that was, come on. I edit that out. We were it's, like. It's not, it's not possible to edit out the absence of something. We were like 25 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, you I, want to make sure you listen to the episode afterward yes, so that you can call me out on all of my yeah. visionism. Sure. Send angry letters. Or tweets. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> tweets are good because then other people can pile on. Sure. Yeah. Public shaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's my fave. It's okay. great. So do we want to continue a, a tour and find a meal? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Show us all the neat stuff in this game. <laughs> well, there's a lot. Um, so we're going to go back to the Panopticon, which is what the circular chamber is, and we're going to take the rod from out of the panel. Although, um, we can examine the panel so you guys can see what it was before we put the key Sure. Um, intricate in its detail, it depicts a series of 24 corridors set about a circular room like the spokes of a wheel. Each corridor opens onto six rooms, three on each side, with one exception, a hall at three o'clock instead connects to a building labeled administration. At the center of the circular room is a keyhole, beside it is a two-headed arrow pointing up and down. So the idea of it is that um, it's a, there were theoretically 24 different positions for the tower to um, 48 different corridors, one up, one down. Oh. Uh, and all everybody has to be led through the tower in order to get to the rooms as a sort of security measure. Sure. And then you can watch everybody from it, too. 
And this was based on an actual design. Um, I don't know if the 48 specific numbers and stuff, but there was a, a Panopticon idea for uh, Bedlam put forward by those two gentlemen. This is sort of a <laughs> steampunky implementation of it. Um, and so you can take the rug. Um, yeah. So I will just say in passing, we probably won't go back. Um, that archive room, do you guys remember what that triangle was, the inverted pyramid? No. It's one of my favorite bits. I don't know where it came from. I think it might have been from a dream. Um, the only way to get the files is to enter the file number, and then the pyramid grows legs into a spider thing and goes flinging itself through the files. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then comes back and carries it back to you. Jeez. <laughs> Was that in the budget? Uh, <laughs> they probably went over budget just at that point, I think. <laughs> the the semi-sentient spider thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool, though. I think that's how they sold it after. So, okay. So we're going right. to go... Oh, um, oh, sorry. No, Dan, if you have any cool backstory stuff about the making of this... Um... I'm trying to think. Uh, it came out of me and Star just talking about... Um, oh, well, I mean, originally the idea was I want to do something weird in steampunk in London. Mm-hmm. Um, Mission accomplished. Because <laughs> I had just taken a trip to London, uh, and I went on the Jack the Ripper tour. Oh, wow. Uh, which was horrible and fun all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, you just stop places. And, and the thing about England in general was sort of like, and this place has been in a, use as a hospital for, you know, some ungodly number, longer than your country has existed number of years. Yeah. yeah. Um, we went out to Bath and we ate at a restaurant called Sally Lund's Buns that had been in <laughs> use as a restaurant since like the 1200s or something. Wow. Like, stuff like that. It was like... Um, you know, the description of, you know, the hospital out near where the uh, the Great Fire of London started in 1666 and, you know, everything burning down and the descriptions of everything. It was just like the sheer amount of history there is just sort of mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends from England who think it's cute that like, oh, your house <laughs> was built in like the 1800s. Isn't that cute? Uh-huh. Know, like, we think that's ancient, but. Um, so, yeah, came back from the trip and just said. Yeah, um, I had really no intention of writing another game. Uh, I had still followed interactive fiction, and I was probably going to do another game eventually, but um, we started talking about it, and we designed this one. So there's a lot of um, weird, steampunky London stuff, and then the other sort of influence is very, like, language is a virus um, mixed with Umberto Eco kind of um, Foucault's Pendulum kind of secret societies and Kabbalistic messages and things like that. Nice. I uh, was talking to a guy once in college and I mentioned that book uh, and then he made fun of me for pronouncing it wrong. Did I mispronounce oh. it? I'm not even going to say it because it's not important enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to publicly shame that guy. Okay. Uh, I would call it <laughs> I have to censor that, right? No, because I'm just saying the name of the guy with the pendulum. Oh, I thought you were talking about the guy who told me I was pronouncing it wrong. Oh. <laughs> you can no. refer to him as that if you like.
I could. I don't know him. I'm going to censor it. Okay. <laughs> Can I say it again then? <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to censor it Okay. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I think censoring it is going to make it even funnier, honestly. Dan, get us back on track. Okay. Okay, uh, okay so we want to go to a mirror, right? Yes, we please. Do. Okay, so we're going to go south from the lobby. Courtyard. This walled-off area sits at the bottom of a massive staircase, which leads to the building to the north. At its base is a sign reading, Bethlehem, Bethlehem Hospital Administration. The outer walls meet here, meeting at the distant gate, which sits to the southeast. Um, flanking the top of the staircase on either side are two colossal statues. A handsome cab sits here with a tired old horse hitched to the front, and its driver waiting patiently. When he hears footsteps clatter across the courtyard, the driver tilts his hat back to say, Where to then, Doc? With a smile. Triage silently rolls to a stop. So, um... We're definitely a doctor. A person called us a doctor. He did. Little, uh, note, the statues here are actual real statues from the original Bethlehem Hospital. Oh, nice. Um, If you look at statues, uh, they are melancholy and mania. You know what? I remember seeing those and thinking that it was, um, part of the hyper-realistic, fake, alternate history. Mm. Um, because that would, couldn't possibly be a real thing. Nope. Yeah. Nope. They're, wow. They're real statues. Um, that's kind of like, do you guys, did you guys ever play Trinity? No. The original Infocom game? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, I played it when I was really young. And uh, there's a section that takes place in the beginning, and this is not giving any spoilers, uh, in the Coming Gardens. And it mentions... Um, the Albert Memorial. And it doesn't give a description of it. It just acts like everybody's really, really embarrassed of it. And that it's really <laughs> ugly. <laughs> and so I, when we were in London, I specifically went to the Covent Gardens to find it. Oh, yeah? And it lives up to the, descri- the non-description. <laughs> um, it's, it, it was built, I believe... Um, by Victoria uh, for Prince Albert, uh, Prince the Prince Consort. And uh-huh. it is this hideous, gold, gaudy, horrible thing. Uh, it's on a hill right over the Prince Albert Hall. Um, or or I, I guess it's not Prince, it's just called Albert Hall. Um, but yeah, it was kind of amazing because it was like really weird explaining to my husband, I really want to go to the gardens to find this thing that I don't know what it looks like. In a text adventure from when I was a kid. Um. Um, That reminds me. Shoot, I don't think I have it here. Oh, no. Um, I found this um, sheet of paper. Mm. Um, I'm not going to be able to find it. But it was a note between two people in an office. And um, it was like, hey... Uh, it turns out they need the serial number for this, too. Um, so you'll have to call this person or something. Uh, anyway, uh, signed Dan or whatever. And then, P.S., the password for the laptop is blah, 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 numbered letter, numbered letter. And I was like, if I saw this in any video game, <laughs> right. I, mean, I would like, think this was totally artless and stupid. Thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the equivalent of, like, you know, finding a, a photo on somebody's desk with the date of their child's birthday on it or something. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. That's awesome, though. You have an actual artifact from a video game in real life. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Now I can get onto that uh, laptop and uh, <laughs> probably drive through Unix system. Mm-hmm. 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 That's the first thing that comes to mind, but in video games, computers can do anything. Point at statues. Right. Oh, okay. Point at statues. Um, yes, triage knows what it is. Triage beam flickers over the statues briefly, then displays category. Non-living, statues, utility, unknown, part. Uh, raving mania and melancholy mania created by Robert Hooke, designer of the original hospital. Hmm. Which, can I just say, insensitive. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But that's sort of Victorian England right there. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So, continue with the tour, the tour. please. Okay, so, um, background interesting programming thing. Um, making the driver was a nightmare. Oh, um, I bet. Tell us about that. Sure. Uh, the... The hansom cab is there because we wanted various parts of the city, but we didn't want you to have to travel huge sure. room distances sure. to get there because uh, we only had two hours for gameplay. So he can take you a whole bunch of places, but you have to ask him to take you there. But there's not like a menu. Um, you can discover places in the course of the game and addresses in the course of the game, and you should be able to phrase them in a whole bunch of ways, mm. and you should be able to understand them. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of frustrating. But you can say, I think, driver, take me home. Yep. Uh, the driver gestures into the cab's interior, waits a moment, then nudges his horse forward with a clicking sound and a shake of the reins. Distance, space, time, further, touch more. In the shadow of the cab's interior, the cold come once again. Grow, learn, reach, exceed, exchange, expand. What's that? Sounded strange there for a moment, you did. Divide, copy, copy, one, many, 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 one. Vibrations passing through the cold into the surrounding air, escaping as sound? Yes, success, more, more. As Reggie pulls the cab to a stop, he calls down. What was that you said, sir? Sounded like something foreign. Never could understand why English folks can't speak to the Queen's English. That fancy talk always hurts my ears. Bit silly, if you ask me, unless... Well, if you want to dance with a green fairy, that is, of course, your business, sir. I do. <laughs> Outside flat 2D in the hansom cab. This oh, small... 2D is our flat. Oh, and we have the key. Uh, in this small, empty road lies at the base of a small hill. It is lined with thin buildings, many advertising flats to let in their windows. The one directly north contains a door labeled 2D. To the west is the massive stone edifice that is Newgate Jail, a gallows prepared for tomorrow's public execution towers over the street. Mm -hmm. So we can get out of cab. Oh. But, you know, we got an accent wall, right. and they pay for heat, so... Um, there's also little notes when you go in and out of the cab, um, like triage gracefully climbs out of the cab beside. Um, and there's little things like when you go up and down stairs, it figures out how to climb them. Um, <laughs> nice. And people found that unbearably cute. Oh, yeah. No, it is. <laughs> and it's just like a box on wheels. But I think I think uh, Triage won or was nominated for Best NPC. Sure. Um, 
which is I would not be surprised if Triage won best NPC. I don't know what the contenders were like in 2003. I think it did. I'm going to look them up and not tell you. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Because if I remember correctly, Star and I wrote a acceptance speech for Triage in <laughs> in <laughs> Triage awesome. speak, um, and then we pasted it into the the chat room. Um, I do remember that happening. So I think we did win. Um, nice. So, yes, we're in front of our apartment, which we can unlock with that key you guys found. Okay. And we can open it, and we can go through it. Flat 2D. Uh, Despite being small and cluttered with bits and pieces of electronics, the one-room flat gives the impression of being quite clean and hygienic. No dust or dirt lurk in its bright corners. The east wall holds a mirror and is neatly lined with evenly spaced picture frames. A large table, clearly a workshop space, takes up the west wall, takes up the west wall beneath an arched window. A shadow stretches lazily from the window across the floor. The flat single exit lies to the south. Triage obediently appears. So shall we examine the mirror? Yes, please. I'm afraid to now, but okay. Three heavy oak frames line the wall beside the mirror, each containing a picture. A young man standing proudly outside Charing Cross Medical School, a formal photo of a junior rugby team with the same young man in the third row, an older version of the man smiling from a gaggle of classmates on graduation day. The man in each picture is a shadow of the face reflected in the mirror. Okay, so that's how you did that. Yeah. All righty. So, shall we go to an ending? Hmm. I, can I, I point should... out? Can I point out that the phrase "as good looking as ever" does not contain the word "you"? This is true, <laughs> but it, it felt a little light-hearted. <laughs> yeah. No, I was being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. It does not contain the word "you." Yeah, it was really, really hard rewriting all the base messages to, to get rid of all the use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, a little easier in the latest versions of Inform 7. Yep. And, and it was kind of a pain in uh, six, uh, 6G60, and I assume it was a huge pain in Inform 6. It was a huge pain in Inform 6, and I actually did it in both ver- the la- two latest versions of Inform 7. Oh, and, yeah. Because I think I did... The 10-year anniversary in 2013. Oh, okay. And did it one way, and then the new library changed how you did it, and I had to change all of those. <laughs> oh, uh, man. But it was actually worth it, because the, the latest version of Inform 7 does it in a really clean way. There's just oh, awesome. certain messages that are designated as, like, message X, Y, Z, and then you just replace those. Nice. That's great. Is good. So about this ending that we could reach right here, um, this is actually the first ending that I got playing the game. Okay. It's like, oh, oh, I guess was that the good ending? <laughs> I don't know, because I felt I felt okay about it, and then I talked with some people, and I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I was on the wrong side of history. <laughs> okay. So I'm you, not really sure, but um, I'm wondering if we have. And if people have enough context for this ending that's here, 
who are listening to this podcast or if they would just be confused. Well, well, I think that it might be valuable to confuse the listeners. Okay. Well, I mean, as, as Emily Short pointed out, I think, in her review, um, the usual process of people playing the game is they reach an ending and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then they slowly start piecing things together from that. Okay, um, then let's do it. So, okay, do you want to lead us? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of fiddling with little parts, isn't there? Uh, where do you want to head? Oh, we, so, if I remember correctly, we need a piece for this radio, and we need to go shopping. Oh, you want to do that ending? Yeah. <laughs> oh! Oh, you were thinking I, the other, okay. I was thinking, Listeners, I, was thinking I don't ending. remember any of this. I, I was thinking this is much, much The ending that we could do right now anywhere? Yeah. Anytime? The, the one that's sort of outside into the west a bit? Sure. Do you want to do that one? Yeah. Because the one you're mentioning, wow, is that the first one you hit? That's the first one I hit. Holy heck. <laughs> is that weird? No, no, that's just one of the hardest ones to find. Really? Yeah. Um, oh. Because the other ones, you know, you can sort of stumble upon. this. That one requires some real effort. Well, um, now I feel good about myself. Because it requires access to whole... You basically have to find almost every major room and unlock most of the puzzles to get to that one. Mm. I think I was wandering around. I think maybe I just failed to stumble on one of the other endings somehow. And uh, so I just kept poking at the thing. It occurs to me that I am angry that this game is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Speak more of this. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, this this experience that you guys are describing um, is one of the things that I always try to or wish that I could um, create in the games that I make. Um, of a, a game that has lots of layers mm. and uh, has secrets. And uh, they, th- this kind of uh, conversation is just making me intensely jealous. Oh, and now I hate both of you. Sorry, Ryan. I think an apology <laughs> is going to get you back into my good graces. Maybe. Well, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Come on, Dan. Sorry. I still hate you. Oh, no. I mean, if, if, if it makes you feel any better, it's it's something I'm actually struggling with my, the, the current work I'm trying to do, the latest piece I did for Intercomp. Um, and it's hard. It's really hard because you have no control over what people do or what they see or what they think is important. And yeah. you can try to like layer stuff. Like nobody who played the Intercomp thing, like understood anything of what was going on and didn't really piece together any of the backstory or the sort of parts I thought were interesting. Um, it's it's hard. It's when when you have something that can be accessed from sort of any direction. Mm-hmm. People can have very very different experiences. A lot. I think a lot of people played slouching, were confronted with the first room with like all that background and the. Uh huh. The, mm-hmm. There's the, a lot going on in that first room. <laughs> there is. Um, I mean, it, I, I was a little frustrated when one of the reviews was like, "The whole game is a huge info dump," and. In the years since, I've sort of accepted the fact that, yeah, the game is a huge thing for them. Well, yeah, that is what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I mean, 
to a certain extent, that's what it's supposed to be, and that's what it succeeds yeah. at being. But I think there might have been a more artistic way of handling it, and it's it's what I've been trying to struggle with in the, the cuckold's egg, is to have mm-hmm. less of a... To have still, like, a huge, big world that you can experience and, and sort of ex- enter from a whole bunch of different ways, but to not have it front-loaded. Yeah. Um, one thing that... I really like is uh, what do they call it when when the storytelling happens? Environmental storytelling is that what they call it when the storytelling happens in the environment? Sure, let's make up a let's make up a phrase. Okay, yeah, I know there's a thing, and I, I think, it I might think be, that's what they call it. I don't. I think, think that is what they that. call it. Okay. Yeah, like at Disney World. Yeah, yeah, like you're waiting in line to get on the ride, and you see the photo of the Yeti. Uh-huh. I have no idea which ride you're talking about. Isn't that the the flume, or... No? Um... Is that the Matterhorn? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, the, I, I don't think the Matterhorn ever works. I think it's a trick. I've been on it. <laughs> I, I was actually on it. So... Unless okay. I'm, unless I'm lying. And part you of the, could be lying. And part of the Disney conspiracy. Oh, you know? Matterhorn is a room where you go in and there's a guy who says, listen. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need you to tell everyone that you were just on a real flume ride called the Matterhorn. And then he talks to you for like 15 minutes giving you all the background as an intro. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, you're going to be interrogated pretty thoroughly. (laughs) You need to have your facts straight. And they, they, they train you on, okay, so what did you feel at this moment? <laughs> no, no, it's not coming through. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Space Mountain was cool. That one I don't remember too well. Mm. It's, there's, it's dark and there's like Mozart or something, yeah. like stars. And it's, yeah. And then Roller Coaster, woo, Space there's, Mountain. Space Mountain is sort of like less scary than other roller coasters because you can't see anything that's happening. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of sense of motion, but like you could get the same thing by somebody grabbing both sides of your chair and shaking it. <laughs> Space Mountain is kind of how I imagine being taken into Valhalla. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you go but through not with Space a rainbow Mount- bridge. Uh, well, eventually. Um, we, we just didn't get to that part. Like, Disney oh. did not replicate that part of the experience. Oh. Eventually, after the stars, you know, you, you come out and you go over the Rainbow Bridge. Okay. See, when you okay. said the entrance to Valhalla, I assumed it was, like, via Valkyrie. Oh. Like, well, actually, there. you're riding a Valkyrie. You just can't see her oh, because it's okay. dark. Right. But it was just, like, all of a sudden I was seeing dead Vikings... <laughs> You know, on the battlefield going, Space Mountain? Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought there was going to be a hot lady, but that's okay. I like Space Mountain. Right, right. They die, and then they're led to a line, and then they're <laughs> And then, oh, some of the Vikings have fast passes? Right, right. Yeah. And the other Vikings are jealous. Right. E-ticket Vikings. That. Yeah. So do we want to end the game? Sure. Um, yeah, but let's let's do the uh, easy ending Yeah, sure, Dan sure. was referring to. Yeah, let's okay. do Not that. Not the secret ending that Jenny got accidentally. <laughs> so uh, we go south to outside flat 2D, 
uh, and then we go west to Before the Gallows. Uh, set directly beside the towering stone walls of Newgate Jail, the scaffolding staircase rises northward, leading up to a tall, wide stage. Above, the noose sways gently in the breeze. The slow dip of the hill takes the road eastward and down to the, where the handsome cab waits. Triage rolls silently to a stop. Uh, a short flight of stairs, but the walk up to the gallows is still a long one. Platform. A wide, flat plain of solid wood, above which, at eye level, hangs the noose. Just below there is a thin outline of a trap door, perhaps ten feet by eight. Directly beside the stairs to the left is an automaton, uh, an automaton waits, unmoving. Triage silently rolls to a stop. Shall we look at the automaton? Sure! Automaton. The automaton stands directly beside the stairs, a grotesque parody of a man. Its heavy torso, only partially enclosed in black robes, grows right from the stage floor, the cogs and gears it serves as its organs exposed. Its massive arms grip an iron switch, its head drooping downwards in a mockery of sleep or death, wears a permanent executioner's mask. A red button sits on the platform directly beside it. I never got to this part. I never did either. I am angry about how good this is. (laughs) (laughs) It's surprisingly big. Like, there's whole regions we never went to. Like, I'm realizing in hindsight, Mm -hmm. even for a two-hour game, there's there's a lot of stuff in this. Yeah. Um, So we can push the button. Uh, the button begins to glow. Beside it, the automaton pulls itself upright with a whir and a groan as the floor rumbles with a distinct sound of a steam engine springing to life beneath the stage. So, uh, at this point, I can say um, a lot of the endings can come from the main character dying in various sure. ways. So, uh-huh. you can jump into the Lucas pit in that uh, the archive room. Remember, oh. remember the... Uh, the platform that just sort of yeah, yeah. is over an unknown floor. Um, mm-hmm. You can jump from like the the bridges between the Panopticon. You can die in a whole bunch of ways. And whenever you die, there's the possibility of one of the endings happening. And then there's other endings that can also happen. So one of the um, endings... What was the one in the office that your tester got in three moves? Uh, she got it in one move. Um uh, the one movie, oh, is it spoilers to say what it was? A little bit. Um, it it's, it's basically has something to do with the room, and she found a death. Um, okay. And she did it jokingly, but then she went, oh, God, the game responded, and stuff happened. <laughs> um, oh, I know what it is. Yeah, and it is, in Tried fact... to eat triage. Yes, and you choke on it. Oh, Wow. Um, but it's actually That's one hilarious. of the, the more interesting endings because it involves um, sort of figuring everything out and then choosing to specifically do whatever that action is. Uh-huh. Um, but this is one of the deaths that can happen. Uh, the button begins to glow. Beside it, the automaton pulls itself upright with a whir and a groan as the floor rumbles with a distinct sound of a steam engine springing to life beneath the stage. Oh, I already said that. I'm sorry. Uh, so we could put on the noose if we like. Shall we? Let's do it. Wear noose. The noose slips easily over, easily enough over the head. Uh, the fit is loose at first. Then, with a noise from above, the wires pull upright, causing it to tighten. An unseen bell gongs from beneath, shaking the floorboards. With a rapid series of clicks, cogs grinding against cogs, the automaton turns its head towards the empty street. 
There is a hiss of static, then a recorded voice speaks. All good people pray heartily unto God for this poor sinner who is now going to his death, for whom the great bell tolls. More clicks, and the automaton turns to face the newt. Noose, sorry. The newt. (laughs) (laughs) More clicks, and the automaton turns to face the noose. The static sounds like steam leaking. You that are condemned to die, repent with lamentable tears. Ask mercy of the Lord for the salvation of your soul. You have one minute remaining of your life. You may use this time to beg forgiveness of God and the good people of this great kingdom, or to make your peace with your maker in silence. Your minute begins now. A minute to reflect, a minute to regret, a minute to repent. Suddenly the trapdoor snaps open. The landscape rises up in a rush, a quick jerk, and then darkness. And this, at this point, it's one of the endings uh, occurs. Okay. If there are words for this, point, metaphor. they have not yet been written. Timeline, Second date, WB Yeats. It starts simply enough. Nothing occurs for the first week. It takes that long to incubate. The darkness drops again, but now I know. At the end of that time, James is quite sure he has followed in the footsteps of both Brand and Xavier, but bravely holds on. His bravery, his bravery serves him poorly, as within ten days he has managed to infect all of the orderlies. Another week and they have infected their families, their friends, and every patient in Bedlam. The twenty centuries of stony sleep. Reggie doesn't notice a thing. It's business as usual, and business is good. A week after the incubation, he has infected seemingly half of London. His clients, his barmates, his family were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. Alexandra manages to put two and two together fairly quickly, she and the other cypherists band together, working day and night to rebuild their machinery, frantically searching for an answer. Alas, they barely begin to understand what Cleve had done before they were overwhelmed, and so it is to no avail. And what rough beats? It spread, subtle and strange, sudden lost memories, new forms of action, and universally a reaching, grasping curiosity. It's hour come round at last. The lost begin to gather first in twos, then growing crowds, to speak nonsense at one another, slouches towards the language of the angels of Babel fills the streets of London and then every city in the world. The death shroud of humanity becomes the birth call of something new, inhaling its first breath, Bedlam, preparing to cry out, to be born, its name. And then instead of you have finished the story, it says, finish, complete, conclude, period, moment, time, point, space. Reach, founded, reach, found, end, finish, complete. Possible, probably, only one of many. Now, further ahead, release, Appendix B, available, accessible, open. (laughs) (laughs) And then it lists uh, the options you have in this weird text. Restart, period, first, revisit. Restore, back, recall, release. Undo, back, reverse, unmake. Appendix further jump yet. Quit, leave, and done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, under the circumstances, I think we should quit. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might be done. There you go. We got wow. the good ending, right? Oh. Uh, <sighs> so you kind of destroyed humanity a little bit. A little bit. Pretty good ending. <laughs> I like the part with the robo executioner. That was pretty cool. I think Star came up with that. Yeah, we wanted a way that felt very thematically appropriate for you to end yourself rather than jumping from something. Sure. Um, 
and we had mentioned the executions earlier, and I think there's some records in Bedlam that talk about um, some of the laws that were in London at the time and, and finding people insane uh, and innocent of crimes or not and stuff like mm. that. So it's sort of thematically appropriate. Sure. And I guess you wouldn't be able to go up to a human executioner and say, hey. <laughs> Hang me, please. Yeah, you guy who is just standing here by these gallows all day because that's your job, I guess. Right. Uh, so the end.